alibi. Origin late 17th century as an adverb in the sense of elsewhere, from Latin elsewhere. The noun use dates to the late 18th century. Elsewhere is where I live and where I travel. Through the gloom and between the moments, I visit places, people, and occasionally things. I listen to their dreams, their desires, and I keep their secrets. And yes, sometimes I am their excuse. Hello and welcome to you on this new moon Sunday. New moon in Pisces, the dreamy sign, creative sign, dealing with emotions. It's also the last day of Duke Barbados. Barbados is an interesting demon. He's considered to be one of the virtuous demons. And he's commonly invoked when one needs to stop attacks on their person by another magician. He's also invoked if you're trying to communicate with your familiar. But he's known to pacify attacks. Not only does he calm things down, but he is also invoked by magicians when they find themselves the focus of negative intentions or energy being directed at them by another magician or by another witch. The subject of protection seems to be a bit of a funny topic amongst witches and magic users. Possibly it's just funny to me. But when I have looked on Instagram or Twitter even or anywhere on the internet, magic users profiles witches profiles and I look at their posts they seem to me to be very reactionary when it comes to the subject of protection and what I mean by this is they don't seem to incorporate a daily approach to protection and I find it puzzling it is possible I suppose that When I look at their posts, possibly there's a breakdown in communication. Their posts seem very one of, very topic, on task, and singular task focused. They seem to be, they seem to be insinuating protection is a reactionary measure instead of something that should be incorporated into your daily practice. People lock their doors. People have car alarms. They have nests and Alexas, smart homes. Not all of this tech that is available is solely focused around protection. In fact, there's some people that believe that it makes you more vulnerable. And that's an argument for another place. But protection is spoken about in all of these. Your phone, your internet, your accounts, two-factor authorization, all of these are protective measures. But in the world of magic, it seems to be 
Not something that you should be working on constantly, but a reactionary measure. So in honor of the Duke and other magic users that may be listening, I'm going to relate a story about an incident that happened to me in my personal life when I was a much younger witch. I found myself in a relationship with a boy. He was very much a believer in gods and monsters. This is something that I found out about him slowly over time, but I didn't put much store into it due to our age, our location, our associates, people that we hung out with. It seemed to be more of a social lubrication than an actual personal interest. I was mistaken, of course. Something that I found out in a very painful way, but that's a story for another time. But this boyfriend was very bad at asking for the things that he felt were most important or that he most needed. And it came to pass that I moved states away from the state in which we met. The relationship continued, and in just a little while after I had moved, he too moved from the state in which we met to another state. We were separated by quite a distance. Now the place that I had moved to was a place called Sedona, Arizona, which some listeners may be familiar with, and some may have actually visited. But I can tell you at the time that I lived there, there was a very, very small population. And the residents were of a different quality than what they are today. It was very much the Wild West, and most of the residents found themselves in Sedona, not exactly by choice, but definitely out of necessity of having a place where not many people came looking for you, because not many people came there. Many stories I could tell about that place and those people and the experiences that I had there. But I digress. In reaction to a situation that happened, my boyfriend asked me if I would send to him an item of mine, a personal item, something that he could carry with him or wear on him that wouldn't draw attention, something that was small. And what he was asking for was a talisman of sorts. I wore talismans at the time. I did not share talismans. And this is something that I explained to him again, even though he did know what I believed and what I wore. And after many times of him asking and me trying desperately to figure out a way to give him what it was that he wanted, but maintaining my beliefs and my practices. We talked and came up with a plan where I would buy an article of jewelry and wear it for a time without putting any of my energy that I would put into a talisman. I would just have it on me for a while and then send it to him. And this is what I did. Not believing at all that it was going to be effective in the manner in which he thought it would be. But I hoped that it might help him 
on a psychological level because it really was something that I wore. It really was something that I bought and I wore on my person and had on my person. So I wore the item and packaged it up, let him know when it was going to be coming to him. And he was very excited to receive it. I was not as excited, but when he did receive it, his reaction was not one that I could have anticipated. And it worried me because I thought that him putting the faith into it when I did not do the things that I would normally do for a talisman, I thought that that might be a, a very bad thing. And I explained this to him, but he was happy, very excited, and put it on. There was references to it later on during phone calls or in writing, and as long as he was happy, I was happy with it, until one phone call happened, and he started inquiring about the necklace. Where did I get it? How did I feel about it? What was the pendant again? Wanting to know about the metals. And in Sedona, there were native silversmiths that would come from the northern part of Sedona. And I happened to work in a shop where the native artisans came in and my boss at the time would deal with these native artisans and we would sell their work in the store. This needs a little bit of an explanation. Not that it's going to be important to the quality of the work, but explaining my limitations at dealing with the native artisans. In my understanding and in my association with some native acquaintances in recent years, I believe that a particular stigma and belief that was in effect when I was living in, the, in Sedona uh, may not be so prevalent now. But at the time that I lived in Sedona and at the time that I lived anywhere out west, which I lived in several places, if you were a red-haired person, especially if you were a red-haired female, this caused great stress and fear amongst the native people that I came in contact with. And when I was working in this shop, I was not able to deal directly with the artisans, but my boss, who did not have red hair, dealt with them. And together we worked out a kind of questionnaire so that when it came time for me to sell these beautiful pieces of jewelry to the tourists that would come in, I would have the information. So the chain that I bought for him happened to come from a native artisan. So I gave him the details of the, the quality silver and the chain, and then I told him about the pendant, which happened to be a quartz crystal point with a silver top to it to attach it to the chain. And I had told him all of this before I sent it, but he was asking me very earnestly about the necklace that I had given him. I answered the questions and he moved on. I was worried as to why he would ask and I let it go, keeping a bookmark about the topic. But when he continued to ask on subsequent calls, 
my alarms definitely went off and I just asked why was he so concerned about the necklace was there a problem and I could hear him sigh and then grin and what came after it was damning for him and shocking for me damning for him in my eyes but to him he was very proud and very happy but it did cause a problem between us he told me that through acquaintances there had been another female that had given him a pendant and he had taken this pendant and put it on the same chain with my pendant he said that the pendant that she had given him broke but it was of a type that could be fixed it was fixed he put it on again it broke he took the pendant off of my chain bought another chain put the pendant that I had given him as a talisman onto this new chain and put her pendant on next to it he said that the chain broke I of course was a bit confused as to why he would mix and match when he was so insistent on having a personal talisman but I discovered that my caution to him about whether or not the talisman truly was a talisman and more just an item that I carried in war and then sent to him that made him anxious doubtful and curious so he had kept up amongst the people that he had known and pushing conversations towards anything that you could wear in hopes that somebody would give him an item in order to test the quality and power of this piece of jewelry that I had sent to him. He was very pleased and very happy that he had received from me what he called a necklace and pendant eating piece of jewelry and he was very proud of it. Now as I had said before, I did not put any particular protective energy nor did I do any rituals or anything to imbue this necklace and pendant with any kind of particular energy. I just wore it and kept it close. However, I did on the daily and multiple times daily do things to maintain protection for myself. This is a practice that I had had from birth and not thinking that my daily practice to recharge and keep the talismans that I I kept on me and my personal space, my area, I didn't think that that would energize the necklace that I had sent to him in any particular way because I had not put effort into it. But my practice was energy enough. My daily practice was energy enough. I did not know that he was going to be conducting Mythbusters type tests on my gift to him that he had requested and I was not very happy about that but I did learn something about myself my energy the power of my intentions and that is something that has helped me from that point on and it's something that I take very I take very seriously 
I found myself alone when I looked outward for friends or mentors or just teachers. I didn't find people that had daily practices like I did. I just found the reactionary energy push instead of a daily practice. So on this new moon of Barbatos, if you find yourself needing protection, if you feel a presence that's not your own, is possibly negative, or you have been feeling it for a while, you feel that you are the focus or the target of attention, negative attention, Duke Barbatos is your man. But I urge you to try to develop not just a reactionary spell casting practice, but strive to put protection in your daily routines. The same way you would do with bathing and personal hygiene and locking your doors, making sure that your car alarm is working, any of these things. Put that same intention and put that same focus and practice into your daily protection so that you can start a healthy routine and a healthy ritual for protection. And I believe that you will find that you don't need to do so many reactionary last minute as needed protection spells. These spells can be very powerful depending on your level of experience, your level of knowledge and skill and personal abilities, but daily practice. That is the most effective. Somewhere between the mundane and the mysterious, the privileged and the primitive, the divine and the damned is the alibi tent. <laughs>